Money. It affects our everyday life. But how do we make more of it? Manage it. And make sure we make the most of our money. Welcome to Money Mindful, a podcast to teach and support you as you learn to manage your money. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mindful Podcast. I am your host, Megan, money, mindset, and empowerment coach for women who want to connect with their future self and create the life they want to live on purpose. Today, we're going to be talking all about anxiety and worry. Yay! (laughs) Anxiety is a common emotion that most of us have experienced at some stage, if not on a regular basis. Do you ever feel worried or anxious about money? Do you worry that you don't have enough? Do you ever dream about starting a new business or asking for a raise, but your anxiety about that holds you back? Well, the good news is that the feeling anxiety and worry about money is optional. Today on the show, I have the lovely Vicky Yaff from Vicky Louise Coaching. Vicky is a life coach and host of the Fuck Anxiety and Get Shit Done podcast. I'm very pleased to have her join us on the show today to help us learn a thing or two about how to stop feeling anxious and worried about money. Vicky, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled to have you here. And can we just let the audience know where you are, Vicky? Because you're not in Sydney. You're not just down the road. <laughs> Although I did live in Sydney about 10 years ago. So shame we didn't meet then. But now I'm in uh, England. So it's actually sunny here. But yeah, sunny England. <laughs> Yeah, it it always, um, I love that when I interview people who are overseas because right now I'm sitting here with my jumper on from being bushwalking today. It's nighttime and it's beautiful and sunny where you are. But that's right. the beauty of technology and the internet. I really think it is. And especially when it comes to what we're going to be speaking about today and being able to connect like your listeners to different experts, not even just in the same vicinity, but literally all over the world. I think it's very exciting. Yeah. Well, perhaps we could start Vicky. And also I must say, I hope I got your surname correct. I didn't even check if I, if that's how you pronounce it, you better correct me if I'm wrong, Vicky. We pronounce it Yaffe, but it is spelled Y-A-F-F-E. So I know that it, like it doesn't spell how it sounds. It's there fine. you go. <laughs> typical, typical, typical of me, that is, to um, stuff somebody's name up, but that's all okay. Perfect. Am I feeling anxiety? Or oh, maybe I am. We can talk about that. Good. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So, Vicky, let's start by can you tell us a little bit about you? Like, because I think I heard on a podcast, one of your podcast episodes that you actually have a background in finance. Is that right? Yes, I actually, um, so I went to school, I studied economics at university. I went to finance. I was doing all these certifications and qualifications and doing all these things on paper that were like, you know, successful and what I should be doing and kept having this resistance of like, is this everything? Is this what I really want to do? And I'd always wanted to work with people and help people. And I remember looking at psychiatry and realizing I had to do medicine and thinking, "Ah, I don't think I'm going to do that. 
Now at the time, I didn't know anything about coaching. Um, so I ended up in finance <laughs> and um, I actually left for a bit to go into tech and then went back to finance. And then I just decided for 2016, I was like, this is it. Like, I know I want to help people. I'd heard about coaching. It was not a big thing in England. My family thought I was bonkers. My friends were like, but what does that mean? <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be a coach. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. It sounds amazing. And I just really went all in on what was like, I guess, a personal development hobby and stepped into like, oh, I'm going to make a career out of this. And actually, interestingly enough, I also a year later found myself involved in like a tech startup. And that's when I started waking up with panic attacks. And that's when I started solving for my own anxiety and realizing that there were no solutions out there for someone like me, which I'm, I'm sure we'll speak about today, how I uh, help people with anxiety. And I was really like, wait, like there's so many people in the world that have anxiety, do what I did and go to Dr. Google, read all the terrible things, think that there's something wrong with them, think that medicine and doctors is the only thing and just put things on pause, which is why my whole work is like, fuck anxiety and get shit done. The idea being like, master your anxiety and pursue the things that you really want to pursue at the same time. And in fact, when we step out of our comfort zone, we are supposed to have anxiety. Um, so yeah, that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting point about that we're supposed to have anxiety when we're out of our comfort zone. I'd love it if you could talk more to that, but perhaps we could start by just giving us a sort of summary. What exactly is anxiety? and worry? Right. I love this question because I literally Googled it and there's so much confusion and misinformation to the point where when I, when you Google the definition of anxiety, it comes up with a sentence that says, anxiety is a feeling of worry, overwhelm or unease. And that doesn't mean anything. Like it's a feeling of feelings. How do I know when I'm worried or when I'm anxious or when I'm overwhelmed or when I'm anxious? Like there's no differentiation out there like literally what does it mean and no one's really giving any clarification on it so one of the things that I do with my clients is we define what anxiety is for them and what I mean by that is where they feel it so for example so for one client, it might be the anxiety for her is a pounding chest a feeling of nauseousness and a spinning in her head once she knows exactly what's happening then when it happens it's less um confusing and overwhelming and you know anxiety inducing because it's like oh I know exactly what's going to happen it's not to say it's pleasant it's not fun but it's very different to go into this of like oh I'm experiencing anxiety and that means that my heart is going to pound my head is going to spin and I'm going to be feeling nauseous so really like everyone experiences anxiety it can be experienced different so for anyone listening that experiences anxiety I really recommend you like define exactly what it is for you. So when you feel it coming on, instead of spinning in the like, oh no, I'm going to be feeling anxious. This is terrible. You're like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. This is the part where, you know, I need to make sure I'm sat down. I need to put my head between my legs. I need to make sure I'm breathing out. Like I know what's going to happen. So you still feel in control with the anxiety. But I think it's really important and a really good question that you've asked because it is confusing and it is vague and it kind of feeds off that for all of us. So we don't really know what it is. Everyone speaks about anxiety, but we don't know if what I experience is the same as what you experience. And then there's also a scale of like the intensity. So really empowering people to 
understand what their anxiety is, is part of the work that I do. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say, and what we learn in the coaching world is that it's a, it's like a sensation in our body because can we feel it in different places? Like, so that's what you're saying. Like someone might feel it in their chest, whereas somebody else might feel it. I don't know, like maybe a whoosh in their, down their arms or yeah tingles some people get tingles some people also actually do throw up some people also need to go to the bathroom some people pass out I mean some people feel very very hot I used to wake up in sweats when I was having panic attacks um so it really is I think this is one of the things that we just forget a feeling is something we feel So anxiety is something that we feel and we feel it in our body in a different way to how we feel joy or how we feel anger or how we feel any of these things. Um, Now, obviously the science behind it is, okay, so hormones are released. Our body goes into fight or flight. It thinks it's like keeping us alive and it's giving us, you know, higher alertness, typically uh, the ability to run faster for longer and feel less pain. Like there's a reason why certain things are happening in your body. And it's kind of what kept our predecessors alive. Like all, all these like skills and tools that were highly useful when we were faced with a lion. And now we, you know, sent, we've sent an email, we're sat in our office and we're experiencing anxiety or if it, maybe your clients, you know, they've got a bill or they've just paid a bill. And then, I mean, the anxiety and the ability to run faster, longer, feel less pain and be more on high alert is not helpful in paying a bill. So then we spin into like, what's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me versus like understanding the science of why anxiety exists and why those hormones are released and how our bodies built this amazingly effective an efficient system when it thinks we're going to die. I know, Brain. Can you just catch up with the modern world, please? It would be so helpful for all of us, wouldn't it? Right. It really would. But it's, uh, I guess it's been refined for so long. We, well, actually, here's the thing. We, can, we have to teach our brain, but teaching our brain is very scary because we have to go against our brain. And most often we walk around in our lives, like just believing our brain, call it believing our brain's BS. Our brain's like, we can't, like what you said, we can't ask for this raise. They're going to say no. They're going to think we're greedy. And we're like, oh, that's true. Instead of like, of course my brain's going to say that. It doesn't want me to get rejected or fail or hear no. And it thinks we're literally going to die if those things happen, because that, that is what caused death for 40,000 years in the wild. Um, longer I guess (laughs) um so our brain's like we can't fail at something we can't hear no we can't step out of that comfort versus like oh my brain thinks something terrible is going to happen if I ask for a raise and I get told no we have to ask for the raise anyway even if we get told no we're teaching our brain that we can ask that question right so it's like scary but and the anxiety is there but we have to do it anyway and so are there any common triggers or like why do we feel so worried or why do we get so anxious yeah our brain's one job is not to be happy all the time our brain's one job is to keep us alive that's its job it's like it's like a like it's like a mac computer like a high not even a mac computer like a high speed nasa level technology operational things are going on inside our brains and um it just wants to keep us alive. I'll give you an example of, um, I was going to speak on stage, this is like a few years ago, and I knew what I was going to say, and I loved what I was going to say, and 
Um, I was already a coach, so I'd like done all my thought work and I was like, yeah, I feel great. And then as I stood up, literally walking to the stage, my brain was like, what are you doing? We're going to die. What are you doing? We're going to die. And I was like, what? Like, I can't. And I could feel, you know, the heat in my body, my face. And I was like, well, this isn't supposed to be happening. And I literally didn't have time to re-coach myself, like, you know, to stop and pause. I was walking on the stage. And so instead of resisting it, I was like, okay, my brain thinks I'm going to die. It's kind of amazing. I could feel all the sensations in my body instead of resisting them and like all the tingles and everything. And instead of it being something negative, it was something like actually quite positive, but it was so quick. It had, it made me just realize like how powerful our brains are and how committed they are to keeping us alive, which is a great thing that our brains are programmed to keep us alive. That's really clever of them, (laughs) but it can be very quick in terms of like the zero to a hundred. But anytime your brain thinks or perceives any potential danger, which can come in exposure in that case, public speaking, um, or, you know, putting your hand up in a, in a boardroom meeting or asking for a raise, anything like that, or also failure and rejection. Like all these things that our brains are like, why would we do that when we can just like chill in the cave? Let's just chill in the cave, safe here, make a little fire, hang out. <laughs> so from what you're saying, it makes total sense when, you know, sometimes I see a big bill coming in and my first reaction sometimes is to feel a little bit of concern like do you know if it's if there's a lot at the one time or this kind of feeling of oh I've got to put that on the credit card or something like that but in actual fact yeah that's not going to kill me but how do how do we manage that how do we manage that when that happens when we have this worry about you know, there's lots of people, I know I have quite a few listeners in the US and I know that over there, it's very common to have student loans, like um, big student loans and credit card debt and consumer debt is really common. And so what do we do? I mean, it makes sense in my mind to feel worried about being in debt. So how do we manage it? there's two things one is experiencing the emotion like I did with the anxiety and just like allowing it to be there and not making it mean anything's gone wrong but really just allowing it like okay I know why I'm worried and I'm okay with it and the other is really it's so interesting because let's say a hundred people have student debt in the U.S. not a hundred people experience the same anxiety and worry about it because the, the anxiety and the worry isn't coming from the student debt it's probably coming from how much you believe you are going to be able to pay it back, how much you believe you are going to be able to buy a home and pay it back, how much you believe you are going to be able to put your kids in school and pay it back, right? So it's not even about the loan because we know that they're very common. I mean, all over the world, debt is very real. It's really about like how much you believe that you are able to pay it back. Otherwise, I think that's the main thing. And one of the things that we spoke about earlier that maybe we can mention now is, you know, I myself put myself in $25,000 of debt to invest in a mastermind program. And it was like, of course I experienced some anxiety and some like, what have I done? But really in my core, I just had this belief of I'm going to make that money back. Even if I don't make it back through coaching, which I was like, I am. But even if I didn't, I was like, I trust myself to make money in my life. Like I will always do what's necessary to make money, which meant that yes, there was still some because our brains are wired so quickly to have that reaction, there was still some of that. And even throughout the two months, it took me two months to pay it back. 
So without the two months, I was like highs and lows, right? Um, but really underneath it all was this like deep belief of I will do whatever it takes. Like this is not going to consume me for the rest of my life. So I'm sure like it's a very different amount to US student loans for sure. But the same principle applies. Like, do you believe you can pay it back? Do you believe you can get work? Do you believe you can cover your costs? And if you do, then the amount of debt is, is just something that exists in our lives. And often, and I was having this conversation with someone, how like debt can literally create opportunities for us that maybe our bank account can't right now. Like, what if it's not a bad thing? Because I was raised that debt was a bad thing. So even for me to do this, my ad, my husband is a full-time student. Like, it wasn't like an easy... We'll live off him. We were moving countries. We were living in Austin. We were moving back to England. Like we had a lot, I had a lot of reasons to say no to this. I had to really believe in it. But because I really believed in it, as you know, through coaching, like my belief showed up in my work and I just kept stepping out of that comfort zone, kept creating opportunities, kept, you know, refining my program and all these things and making more offers. And it just really didn't allow me to stay in the cave. I was like, oh, I can't stay in the cave. My body's like, let's chill. I'm like, let's not chill. Let's, <laughs> let's figure this out. So it can also be a motivator if you believe in yourself and your ability to pay it off, basically. Yeah, I, I can really relate to this story because, and this might surprise some of the listeners actually, because I've never kind of mentioned this before, but I too went into debt to create an opportunity for myself. And it was a really eye-opening experience because I had to really look at all my beliefs that I had about debt. And I got coaching on this too, which was really interesting because I wanted to do some training and I didn't have all the money up front to do the training. And so a part of it, I felt like to do it when I wanted to do it, uh, I needed to go into some debt. And I had so much anxiety over it. Like I really just did not want to go in debt and I felt so resistant to it. And, you know, I only had to go into debt, like it was around five to 10 grand, I think, not even, no, I think I only ended up using about five grand, which I'll elaborate on in a minute. But, you know, my coach, while she was talking to me, we ended up, um, because I have investment properties so I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt because I have investment properties and I don't have any anxiety about that at all. And it was so interesting that because I was using this money for something different to invest in myself, I started having all these thoughts about that this is wrong and feeling very anxious about it. And it's so fascinating to examine the way that you think about it because the debt that was much, much greater that I have for investing in a property, I have no thoughts about, like no negativity about it at all and don't feel any anxiety about it. But to spend some money on training, which, you know, easily over time, I will pay that money off. No problem. Like actually no problem at all. There was just uh, yeah, so much stress and worry that because it wasn't, uh, it was investing in myself and it, I had to think about it in a, in a new way. But in the end, I think it was the thoughts that changed. I don't know if I actually processed 
the the feelings of anxiety maybe I, I might have just sidestepped them but do you do something with your with your clients like how to manage that on a day-to-day like if I came to you with this same sort of issue what how would you you know how would you work through this with me yeah so we definitely process the feeling and the emotions of it but we also definitely uncover I mean, even as you're speaking, I'm like, yeah, debt on properties is normalized. We know exactly why we don't have the same anxiety around it. It's kind of like encouraged. And then there's this other debt. We really think of it as different. And and even especially when it's like investing in ourselves, um, I think it just shows you how we've been socialized to think about things. So really, on the one hand, it's feeling the feelings. And on the other hand, it's uncovering I call it your inner crazy. Like, let's spend time uncovering all of your inner crazy because we spend so long resisting it. We're like, I should be thinking good. I should be thinking positive. I should do. And all of that is like putting, you know, some rose petals on a pile of <laughs> something terrible <laughs> and pretending like it's all pretty. And it's like, no, underneath that is everything that we need to clean up. I'm just going to say it. I thought of vomit. <laughs> it's like putting rose yeah. petals on a pile of vomit. It's like, no, you need to clean up the vomit, right? Like the rose petals aren't going to do it. And really, and so often, this is why I love coaching um, because when we are left to our own devices with our own brain, we're more likely to do the rose petals. I'm just going to put the rose petals on top. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Instead of going into the inner crazy and giving it time to speak because an amazing thing happens when we spend time uncovering our inner crazy. And that's like, so that's like our cavewoman brain. And then our prefrontal cortex brain gets exposed to all the crazy chatter in our primitive brain and we stop believing it. Right? But we have to be brave enough because so often people will come to me and be like, I don't want to let it out in case it makes it true. I'm like, no, mm. when you aren't letting it out, you are making it true. We need to do the opposite. Um, so really uncovering all of your thoughts and all of your fears and everything that, that was really like stopping you and blocking you. Um, what you're making it mean about yourself, what you're making it mean about the training and about your future and what you are capable of. Because really the $5,000 debt is as you know, just it's something neutral in the world that we either take on debt or we don't. But really underneath it are all the stories that you carry around about yourself anyway. Maybe it's about like, am I worth investing in myself? Do I do nice things for myself? Or it can be, am I going to get a return on this training? Do I, you know, some people will say to me, I don't trust myself to do all the, to do all the work, things like that. Like, do you have that underneath it? So really uncovering for you, what's the flavor of self-talk? that we want to clean up and shift, not just to pay off that debt, but it's going to, that's what I love about coaching is also not just to pay off that debt, but fixing all of that is going to allow you to grow as a person. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that was exactly what I found in this situation because because that's the thing. I mean, the training was a lot more than $5,000, but I had you know, earned money to pay for it. And, but because I didn't have the full amount up front, just the way that you're describing it, it's exactly what happened. It's like my primitive brain's going, warning, warning, danger, don't do this, don't get yourself into debt. You know, for goodness sake, you've got a podcast about money. (laughs) um, But at the same time, like when I kind of dropped all that and just looked at it deliberately, it's like, well, let's look at the facts here. In actual fact, I've paid for almost all of it. Going into a small amount of debt means that I can do the training now, 
not in another 12 months time, like right when it's totally suitable for myself and my family with everything that's happening just in our lives. Mm -hmm. And also I just will never forget one conversation I had with my partner where I was saying, yeah, but I don't want to use that. I don't want to go into debt for it, you know, because what if we just run out of money? And, and he sort of looked at me and he's like, Megan, we earn money every fortnight. Like we can easily pay that off. And like, I mean, it's almost like, you know, what do you think's going to happen? We're going to die and be destitute on the street. But, but that's the inner crazy. That's where my brain goes when I let it just run wild. And it's, um, yeah, I think it's really relevant to talk about this because I think that in the, you know, I'm in a lot of sort of groups and uh, follow people on Instagram who are all in, um, what's it called, the fire movement and all these sort of things where it's like debt is bad. But in actual fact, I don't believe that in in a sense, you know. it's Debt helps me earn an income every year. Like I earn this big income every year from the properties that we own and we're in debt from that. And then, I mean, I'm not suggesting that I'm just going to go out and buy some $5,000 handbag. Um, I mean, but you know, maybe I could do that, but when it's, it's really interesting to point out because I think that this is something that people face when they hold themselves back because they're so scared to go into some debt, but there's so many things in our life, like you said, that are normalized. Like when we go to university and we study to get a degree, most of us are in debt, you know, and we're paying it off for a long time and we don't think anything of it. So many people have car loans or house loans or, but it's all the way that you look at it, I think. And because I have this conditioning in my mind that it's like, no, the credit card gets paid off every month. And Mm -hmm. so if it didn't get paid off one month, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm going to die. Yeah. And it's even interesting (laughs) that your brain went to, I have this money podcast, so I can't get into debt. Because that shows you that in your, your brain is like, debt is bad. Versus I have this money podcast. I want to be an example of going into debt like in a smart way, making a conscious choice, believing that I was capable of doing it and going through the discomfort instead of like, and I think we do this a lot as coaches, we're like, I have to be perfect all the time versus like, oh, I still get to be human. And actually you going through that whole experience probably gave you so much knowledge and valuable experience and tools and understanding that like now you're able to serve your clients even better. Well, that's the thing. And it's about overcoming that anxiety and really standing in mature adulthood and not being in a drama about it and just being able to go, yeah, I can use that money and I can actually pay it back. And and that was the irony of it is I thought that I would probably have to go into about $15,000 worth of debt, but just because I approached it in a matter of fact way, I only ended up using having to use 5000 because it, I just created the money, you know, because I was... Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, feel empowered what, because even exactly like what I spoke about in my example, you feel like empowered, like, oh, I'm going to do this. Half the time, the indecision, and I speak about this a lot on my podcast, the indecision is what's costing us. Like, should I, shouldn't I? I don't know. This is bad. This is good. Versus like, oh, I'm going to do this no matter what. And then I'm going to figure out the money. And even that shift and that commitment stops you from being like, oh, I'm going to like spend three hours on Facebook today scrolling around and messing around because you're like, oh, we've got work to do. <laughs> We're going to 
like yeah. money to invest in ourselves like we're committed to this it puts you on like it puts you to work in the best way and I'm not saying in like an overworking stressed out way but really like you've got a very clean clear mission our brain loves very clean clear missions it likes direction and knowing exactly what to do which is why you were probably able to you know make that from the 15 to the five and I think too that that under the worry is some self-doubt that can you can you um are you actually going to be able to put the work in to pull it off? You know, that it's like you can actually create it and that you can go and invest in yourself to do something because you have the confidence in yourself that you're going to make it back. Or you also back yourself enough that you're not going to beat yourself up if you you don't make it back. Yeah, completely. That's it, completely. Really, um, like if you knew 100%, oh, I'm going to make the money back, this is going to be easy, then it wouldn't even be a thing. But our brain is wired with a negativity bias. Again, it kept us like alive in the wild to think about the worst case scenarios. And now it's showing up in our modern day lives and it's not, it's no longer needed. It's no longer valid to be like, oh, like as you said, your brain goes to like, if I put this $5,000 in debt, then my brain's like, we're literally going to die. We're going to end up on the streets. Everything's going to be terrible. Um, and that thinking about the worst case scenario isn't really not only just not useful, but not even factual at all. Our brain doesn't care about the truth. It's not like, Hey, I'm going to just speak about the facts. It really is dramatic. <laughs> That's why I call it crazy. It really is dramatic in the thoughts that it will give you. And it's just about taking that pause and being like, do I even believe that? Like, is that literally what's going to happen? If I was to spend this $5,000 on debt, like what's actually the worst case scenario? okay, I could, I would pay it off, right? Even if I didn't earn anything for the next year and I just paid off interest, like it's not going to be, you know, could get any job and probably pay off the interest and still keep your life exactly as it is. I can just hear someone listening in the car now going, I can't believe she's gone into debt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so. imagining I it. So. I hope so. I hope that's the messaging. Listen, I am not saying... I don't think either of us are saying go into debt. It's so fun. Like, just like you said, like buy a handbag and just do whatever. And debt's free money. But I think if you know what you want and you are committed to making it happen and the only thing standing in your way is the money that you have right now and, and, and the money that you need and you are able to access that and you are committed to making that money back, even when it's going to be difficult, then, then money, I remember for me at that point, I was like, after I was invested, once I started in the mastermind that I was in, I was like, oh, that was like free money because I made, I'd already made the money back before I even got there. And I wouldn't, the date for the mastermind was like this specific date. I literally didn't have the money. So I wasn't going to be able to do it. So it literally gave me the freedom to go and join something that I really wanted to join at a time when I couldn't. And I made the, I committed to making the money back. And I'm saying this because it's not comfortable to make that money back. Like there was a reason why I hadn't made that money yet. And it was because my brain was picking my comfort zone over my growth. Even like that extra, maybe 30%, that was the shift that did it. Right. Cause like there's so much discomfort that you can take. And this forced me to be like, well, I'm going to just take it all. I'm going to have all the conversations. I'm going to make all the offers. I'm going to show up as the expert. I'm going to like whatever it takes. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in for all the discomfort and all the growth. And then I got so much more back than just 
paying off my debt. And by the time I invested in the mastermind a second time, I was paying for it in cash before, like it was just, a com- I was like, oh, cool. Amazing. Like it was so, it was a completely different experience because of how I showed up that first time and the discomfort that I was willing to feel and the habit that I'd built of choosing discomfort and choosing growth. And now I've got that benefit for the rest of my life. It's not just like, oh, well, that was one experience. It's like, really, I feel that all the time in my business. Yeah. And I think that's so crucial that by stepping out and making that decision that you're going to do it, you have to be, it's, what is it? It's like, you have to become the person who can do that. It's like, you're thinking bigger, you're operating bigger and you're creating bigger for yourself. But at the same time, I think you also have to feel, be willing to feel more discomfort and worry or whatever other feelings come up. Yeah. Your brain's going to freak out. It's going to be like, it's going to be me. And sometimes it's going to be me and it's going to be like, you shouldn't have done this. You did, you, you made the wrong choice. I mean, I, I <laughs> at one point, I think I said to my, to my husband, like, I, I was he, like, he's a student. And I was like, maybe you need to I was like, you need to get a job. <laughs> and so we went and he got a job. And I was like, why have you got a job? And he was like, because he told me, I was like, no, I was just feeling stressed one day. Don't take me literally. What? No, he's studying full time. Like I'm supporting us, you know, like this is what? And he like went and got this job and we laugh about it now. <laughs> but he, you know, to him, he doesn't know thought work and, co- you know, coach, he hears me chat about it, but not really. So he was, you know, I was saying to him, what are we going to do about money and this and that? Maybe you should get a job. And he just went off and got one. I was like, no. <laughs> so it was very um, funny. But, you know, I think people might be thinking, oh, it's easy for us now to speak on the other side of it. And no, it was a great idea. That does not mean it was easy drawing it. And it shouldn't be easy drawing it. Otherwise, you're not going to grow. And it literally is. Whenever anything uncomfortable comes up, when you do lean into it, you are going to grow and you are also going to teach your anxious brain that you can survive the scary things and the unknown and stepping out of the comfort zone. That tool and that skill is already worth probably whatever investment you're making. Literally teaching your brain that you can do scary things and you can move forward. And that, like, once you feed that kind of habit, you are going to grow and grow and grow and grow until you're like, whoa, this is amazing. Yeah. And I wonder if you could talk about how do we separate, if we could talk about how we separate fact from fiction. So somebody who's listening, who has never had a coach before or being coached and they're currently feeling anxiety about about money or worry about a particular issue with money, what's the starting point there? Can you talk to that about the facts and... Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess this is where my background came in useful in finance. Um, When it comes to money anxiety, it's really a matter of maths and numbers. Like, you know, your expenses, let's say even like your minimum expenses, it's the number that you need to pay. Everything else is just noise. I really, I mean it. Like, you know what you need to pay to survive that month. And every, and once like, and then you can, it's like a solution. It's like a formula. This is the output that I need to create. How, like this is the output that I need to pay. Like what's, what does my input need to be? Like, I think that there's no, there's no denying the maths around it as the basis and literally everything else is just noise. And I see this because I also, you know, 
one of the big things I think with money, but also with everything is like this word enough. I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. And it's such a clever one our brain gives us because enough isn't quantitative and it's always going to be an opinion. And as long as we're spinning in this, like it's not enough, it's not enough, then I'll, I've literally coached clients that were earning $15,000 a year to a six-figure business. And, and still at some point it's like, I'm not, you know, it's not enough. And I'm like, do you remember you were earning $15,000 a year and now you're, you know, you're heading up to earn that a month and it's still not enough. Do you realize that your brain is, no, is always going to keep thinking that and you have to like let it go and focus on the maths at some point and be like, there's the maths and then there's the story around it. And our brain doesn't think in the facts. It thinks in the fiction. We have like 60, 70, 80,000 thoughts a day. We don't walk around thinking, I live in Sydney. I live in England. We think, so beautiful and sunny today in England or why does it always rain in England the weather's terrible (laughs) and so everything that's going on in any of the listeners brains is the story I think that's really important to remember yeah and this is where all the mindset work comes in and where it gives you so much agency over what you want to create because once you learn how to be deliberate about what you actually want to create on purpose and how you want to think about your situation, you bring all the power back to yourself instead of reacting to whatever thoughts that you happen to be having about your situation at the time. Um, For example, you know, when I was talking about getting a big bill, it's like I can get a big bill and choose to think, oh my God, I didn't expect the electricity bill to be that much this month. Or I can just look at the bill and go, oh, that's, I'm so glad that I've got this money in my savings account that I can just pay that. No problem. I mean, and even if you don't have the money in the savings account, it's like our brain, this is what our brain likes to do. It likes to sit in the problem. It's like, oh my God, this is a problem. This is a problem. Let me tell my friends about this problem. Let me tell my partner about this problem. Let me think about this problem. Let me eat because of this problem. Let me not sleep because of this problem. What are we going to do about this problem? And it's like, we think we're doing something towards it, but really we're just spinning in it and, and it's consuming us and it's spreading into our work and our relationships and all this stuff. And our brain's like so in the problem and it's justifying how big a problem it is. And then what we want to do is really be in the solution. Exactly what happened to you, right? With the 15 to the five, but with anyone, it's like, okay, but what actually is the solution? Like if there was a solution, what would it be? If this bill is really high and you don't have savings, like what is the solution? Is it to pay off a certain amount every month? Is it to, I mean, is it to speak to someone that you know? Is it to ask for a raise or ask for a, an early pay on something? Is it to sell some things? Like there's so many solutions. And when we are in the problem, we don't see any of them. There's no solutions. We're helpless. We're powerless. And our brain loves that. Not because, <laughs> because it's safe. It's like, oh, but then we can just like spin in the problem. We're not going to fail. We're not going to risk exposure. We're not going to get rejected by anything. Like it's scary for a raise. It's scary to ask to borrow money from a loved one. It's scary to pull out your savings. It's scary to sell something maybe that you love. All of these things are stepping out of the comfort zone. So as we said right at the beginning, like anxiety is part of the ride. Um, But we need to consciously step out of the problem and sit in the solution, even if it doesn't come straight away. Our brains are insanely smart and they will create solutions once the the dust has settled and and everything's calmer and all of our triggers and the red alert and the 
hormones and everything has calmed down, we can really like start getting into solution mode. And, and everyone listening, like think about it like this, probably someone else in the world has experienced the exact same problem that you are having. Like a big bill is probably something that every single person has experienced at some point in their life. Like it, it's solvable. We know that it's solvable. Our brain wants to spin out and we kind of need to pause, you know, let out the inner crazy, pause, and then on purpose go into the solution mode. Yeah, that's right. And for those of you who listen regularly, you would know a few weeks back, um, oh, no, maybe I'm going a month back now or so, but I had that episode about not saying, I don't know, not letting yourself go to that place where you tell yourself, I don't know. You have to ask your brain, well, if I did know, what would it be? And that just seems so simple. Like, does that really work? But it totally works. It absolutely works. And if you haven't tried it, you must because your brain really does do what it's told when you when you speak up and tell it what to do. It will look for solutions for you. Yeah. I also have an episode called I Don't Know Land. Our brain loves it because we're very safe there. Again, avoiding exposure and rejection and failure. And yeah, it's just like, well, what if we did know? Or even think about someone you really admire be like, what would they do in this situation? <laughs> it's such a good one because our brain's like, well, they would know exactly what to do and they would do X, Y, and Z. But hey, the answer still came from your brain, <laughs> not their brain. They're not there. So just teaching our brain, like stopping exactly what we said, just stop believing it's excuses, stop believing it's BS and start getting it to work for you. And this is obviously what coaching is all about. Yes, I love that. Okay. So I always end with asking, uh, when I have guests on, is there a ritual or habit or a, a, a practice that you do around money that you would um, be happy to share with us? Um, I don't really spend a lot of money. I'm, I'm trying to think about if there's like a ritual or habit around it. I don't really have a ritual or habit around money, but I, I don't spend a lot of money. I don't, um, like I'll spend on my development and things like that. But otherwise I'm quite like minimalistic. I mean, <laughs> I love secondhand clothes, even really nice ones. Um, and I always have my parents laugh at me about it. <laughs> um, but in terms of money and a ritual, not really. I think aside from paying my bills every month on time, but I do have like a nice morning ritual I could speak about, which I think is really helpful for anxiety. Because I think when we start our day with some kind of ritual, and maybe this is why it works for your people with money. Um, when we start, when we have some ritual and organization around things and plan structure, we really feel like we are in control. So for me, it's all about my mornings, waking up, having a big glass of cold water next to my bed before I leave the bed, maybe five, 10 minutes meditation. And then, I mean, I had vertigo recently, so I stopped with the yoga, but I normally would do 15 minutes yoga, 15 minutes self-coaching. And then it just means that like my, an all tech free, right? So then it means my morning has started with me nourishing myself, being kind to myself, moving my body a little bit, like nothing too stressful so that it's really easy to do every single morning. And our brain loves routine. It loves predictability, right? It's like loves that comfort zone, but building comfort and routine around things that are serving you is such a game changer. So that's probably the best routine that I could share. 
I love that. And you know what? You just talking about, hey, don't spend money. I mean, this topic is probably a whole other episode in itself, but you are somebody who is an expert around anxiety and feelings and being able to experience your feelings. And I find that that is something the the people that I know who know how to be uncomfortable and experience discomfort on purpose are the ones who don't spend a lot of money. In my experience, it's because you don't need to go out and spend money on things to fulfill either a feeling of feeling lack, like you need something because you don't want to feel that feeling of lack or that you don't want to feel something. So you go out and buy things because then you get that nice little hit of, well, now I've got this nice new jumper, I feel better about myself instead of just feeling whatever that was that you were feeling and not getting the jumper because it's not actually the jumper that makes you feel better. Right, and then we end up with like 20 jumpers, the same one, all different colours. We still yeah. feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Vicky, I am sure there are people listening who are thinking, Vicky's awesome, I need more of her. So tell us where can we find you? And I think I did say at the start, didn't I, that you have a podcast. Tell us about that. Tell us all the things. Where can we find you? <laughs> Yeah, I have a podcast called Fuck Anxiety and Get Shit Done. It's spelt the polite way. So it's F asterisk CK, anxiety and get SH asterisk T done. And it's like weekly episodes of around 10, 15 minutes, giving simple, actionable tools around anything relating to anxiety, procrastination, perfectionism, people pleasing, like all the things that culminate together and stop us from living uh, the life that we want to live and moving forward in what we want to create in the world. And I also, you can find me on Instagram at Vicky Louise, that's V-I-K-K-I-L-O-U-I-S-E underscore, 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 because I was already a Vicky Louise. <laughs> and save my website, VickyLouise.com. Fantastic. Well, Vicky, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's so fun to be here. You're welcome. So there you have it. Vicky shared a lot of information about how to manage our feelings, in particular, of course, anxiety and worry. I hope this has inspired you to take this work further. Being in control of how we feel about money is totally available to us right now. If you want to change your money mindset and basically start creating the results you want in your life on purpose, reach out to me wherever you are following me in a DM or a message or get in touch via email and we can tee up a consult. As always, if you want to stay in touch between episodes and stay up to date with all things Money Mindful, get on the mailing list and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Have a beautiful week. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Money Mindful podcast. For more info, visit moneymindful.com.au. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe. And remember, the information in this podcast is of a general nature only and does not take into account your personal circumstances or goals. Please seek professional advice for your own financial needs. Remember to have fun along the way.